We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We kind of always felt like that in a way, but yeah, Belly was a unique situation. So he's he's part of this club, you know, he's one of us and... It, there was a little void in here for sure before he came back. So just seeing him in here, man, getting a hug, smiling. I know he'll be back to work soon. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. We got Gabe Ramirez in this morning for David. And we're talking about uh, the aforementioned man. You heard uh, Kyle Hendricks, the professor, saying that uh, great to have Belly back. Cody Bellinger returning to the Cubs on the, you know, again, it's a three-year, $80 million deal. It's really a one-year, $30 million deal, given the opt-out after the first year and an opt-out after the second year. So maybe it's a two-year, $60 million deal. I doubt it's a three-year, $80 million deal. I think that if he plays well enough, they'll go back and figure that out. And if he doesn't, I don't know that uh, – that he'll be here taking on that uh, twenty million when he's forty, or excuse me, thirty years old. He's twenty-eight now, and he just signed a three-year deal. Again, opt-outs early, um, essentially a one-year deal. It's it's kind of interesting because you look at their team and you say, okay, you know, Marcus Stroman is gone from last year's team, but you did go out and get uh, Shota Imanega who's probably like third or fourth starter. I mean, he's not hes not a, a man-for-man replacement of Marcus Stroman, but you believe that your young pitching is ready to take another step and you got more guys that will be probably joining this team as you move forward, and they got a lot of really good young pitching. The um, they, they got Hector Neres to help in the bullpen, ostensibly he's your closer, although the way you use him could be determined about when you believe the game's on the line, right? So he's a he's a high-leverage uh, pitcher who you believe is going to come in and help things. And now you got Bellinger back. So when you look at the team they had last year, I think without Bellinger, you felt like, even getting a managerial change and a guy like Craig Council, who you're paying more money than any manager in baseball, you believe can make a lot of key decisions and do a lot of good things for your team. You're still relying on, on a younger team to fill in the blanks. But Bellinger obviously uh, is, is the star of this team and getting him back means Going into the season, you don't feel like you're taking a giant step backward uh, from last year. Is last year's team better than this year's team? I think they fell apart at the end of the year because of the bullpen issues. And I think that Hector Neris might be the most important thing they've done. So many things going on there, right, Molly? I mean, you are glad that Cody Bellinger is back. You can make the argument that the teams are comparable from last year. 
You love the addition of Hector Neris, as you mentioned, you know, bullpen struggles. Yep. But they got arms in the bullpen. That's the they thing. Got they got a lot of guys. They still have a lot of arms. I think Shota Managa, you know, no one knows what he's gonna how, how good he's gonna be. He might be a guy that, you know, pitches extremely well in April, and then you gotta figure out, you know, what he's gonna do for the remainder of the season. But I think that the team themselves itself, I mean, you know, Jan Gomes was a catcher, Michael Bush at first, Matt Mervis slotted in currently in the depth chart as as like the DH. I mean, it's just it, a lot is going to be on Craig Council to get the best out of this team. And it really is dependent on the pitching. You know, if, if Jordan Wicks is your fifth and he's doing anything close to what he was doing last year, I mean, it really is the strength of the team. I mean, last year was the defense. I think this year when you're looking at the squad, you're looking at Justin Shota, Jameson Tyone, who obviously kind of figured it out towards the middle of the season, and Kyle Hendricks, who once he came back was consistent. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good rotation. And then you add, you know, a guy like Hector Neris who's been there, had important innings, Albert Alzelay to close in. I mean, it's the, the team, what I think that they're banking on is continuity, consistently yep. bringing the squad back that they thought was good and just kind of building off that. Because I do think ultimately this front office money where they, I think what they said to themselves is, okay, we, we're not going to just buy everything because maybe we're not going to win a championship this year. But if we get to the playoffs – and then we feel like that is a good launching pad, a good springboard to then add on to. Then I think that's what I think is what I think that they're looking for, especially with you know Pete Crow Armstrong, you know, getting more at bats as you were meant, as you were mentioning earlier, and really becoming a key component on this team. I think the not this year, not this year. Yep, but I say moving forward, right for the he, future. He'll of the probably go back to Iowa. In my opinion, I just don't see why you would keep him up here if he's not playing consistently. You're saying that Dustin's not here. That he's inconsistent. No, I, I think Dustin would acknowledge the same thing. I mean, you know, th- what was the issue with him last year? It, he Overwhelmed. Hit, he couldn't hit Major League Baseball, so he's got to he's got to get better hitting the the baseball. I know they were working on his bunting game, and they, they were going to weaponize his speed with the bunt. I'm sorry, man. You've got to be able to consistently hit if you're going to play center field for a major league baseball team, it's, you know, there are, the league is filled with guys that are super fast and can't hit. I think the socks are filled with guys like that. Uh, (laughs) Chris Getz went out and got a bunch of guys that look like him who, you know, I don't know how fast people that he played with, (laughs) but, but I think what, what's fascinating about the Cubs is this had to happen. We've been waiting for this to happen. Um, they held their water on this, and they end up getting a guy back, paying five million more than they would have. I know they've never paid a player thirty million, but this buys them time with PCA. It buys them time with their young outfielders. It also it gives them another year to weigh what they want to do with Cody Bellinger if they think that, you know there are, there are a lot of the analytics people look at what he did. And they don't believe it's sustainable. He had a great year last year, but is it sustainable? And I think that is the reason that he didn't get the over $200 million that he was hoping for. Not because he didn't have MVP quality stuff. He did. He was great last year. But because the way he went about it, it, doesn't, it just doesn't jibe with the numbers overall. So there is a belief there will be some regression, as we talked about this morning. I thought Brandon made the point, um, and I tried to make it. I think he made it better. The idea that when you're on a one-year deal, you're back on the market. You know, you you're going to find 
th- you're going to find a highly motivated guy. And I think he's going to do very well for himself. I don't know how they're using him. I'm going to be fascinated. I keep hearing Craig Council talk about how batting, the, the lineup doesn't matter. In three games, he's had, I believe, Happer, Taukman, and, um, and uh, Nico as his leadoff guy. So who's going to lead off? You know, does do you believe that that Hap will end up leading off for this team? He doesn't think it matters that much because the sequence of of batters, you know, as long as you have your best guys at the top, it doesn't really matter how you line them up. That's a new one. I I, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> okay. I, and I mean, he's done a great job of it, so it's not like you can question what he's doing, but we love to talk about Ian Happ and where he bats and where he should bat and what he does. Are you on board with him as a leadoff guy? I think it's interesting because Happer had such a tough year last year with the fans. You know, they, it was it was hot and cold. They weren't necessarily sure if they wanted him in the lineup, not in the lineup, where he was batting, third or not. Should Cody be there? I think there was a, you know there was a lot, but Happer's a gamer. A lot of people were upset the money that the Cubs gave him because then they felt like, hey, you know, these other players wouldn't be an issue if Happer didn't have that money. But I think, you know, when you're talking about cornerstone pieces of teams like we were doing with yeah. Pat, Pat Will, I mean, Happer is just a, a, a yeah. Cub guy. You know, he's the Cub guy. He's, he's somebody that should be there. Drafted player. They've developed the whole bit. I'm curious, Molly, if you think, you know, when it comes to Cody Bellinger being on this team and now being here, does he hurt or help PCA? Because you could make the argument that he hurts him because he's not getting the playing time. We're not having the ability to play center. But you could still make the argument that he's helping him because now he puts that vet in front of him to kind of, you know, watch as opposed to, you know, being thrown into the fire. Which of the two do you think uh, is more likely to be true? Hurting or helping? Bellinger hurting or helping PCA? Well, I mean, I honestly don't believe PCA is going to be here. I think he's going to be in Iowa. I I don't. So so then you think also he helps him then? Well, I don't know if it helps him or hurts him. I don't know. I mean, it, we had such a small sample size of him um, at bat, but it wasn't good. He didn't get a hit. I mean, it's hard to sit here and tell you that, oh, he's totally major league ready. But but I, I guess it helps him because it gives him another year to, you know, you, you don't take a guy like that and then have him be like a, a, a super utility guy. I mean, you know, he – he, you want him to be playing every day, and you want him to to you know, improve in all aspects of the game. I think he has to be in the minor leagues as a result of this signing. If he if you needed him to start, then he'd obviously be up here. But I I don't know that you need that. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Kevin is in Palatine. Hey Kevin, how are you, man? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, Molly, you are 100% right. This helps PCA because I really hope he has a lot of nice Iowa gear because that's where he better be this year. <laughs> he, is not, he is not a good enough hitter yeah. to, like you said, play two days a week. That can't – save that for Canario or one of these other guys. You cannot have that guy. And the other thing that Bellinger is signing – so two things. I love that Boris lost. I love that he his full belly, his eight-year 200. I love that all his guys are still out there because I think Gabe is right. I think some of these guys, maybe it was Gabe, someone else said it in the pick six. These owners are getting wise. These eight, 10, 12-year deals, it's, it's insane. But So two things on the Bellinger signing. One, it's great for my mental health because watching Matt Mervis 
He his bat is so slow. I don't know how he hits all these homers in the minors because he is not a prospect. So the fact that Bellinger's back, so I don't have to see him play, is uh, exceedingly exciting for me because he is uh, he's no bueno, and I don't want five years for the uh, third bit Matt Chapman because I think Matt Shaw is going to be a really right really good player, and I'm not uh, I'm not blocking him for uh, five years. I think that is. Uh, I think that's way wrong, but I think this is a uh, I think this is a good signing. One last thing on Stroman. Stroman never ever recovered from that error in England. It ruined his whole season. He had a mental breakdown and he was not able to recover and then he got hurt. So yes, Stroman had a great half. Yes, I'd be willing did. to bet a lot of money that we got a guy that's 2 years younger that will put up just as good a stats as uh Stroman this year. So I have I will not shed any tears for uh, Mr. Stroman pitching for the Yankees, and I can't wait for his first blow-up as John Heyman starts needling him nonstop because he does not have a good relationship with the New York media. So you guys have a great day. I love that Boris lost, and uh, it's a it's a good day. But they're where they were last year. They're no better. They're an 83-win team. Yeah, they're the same team, really, than they were a year ago, but they've got the manager, and they're relying on him to fill in a lot of those blanks. It'll be really interesting – to see if that works. I mean, I think that we're going to be looking at Craig Council, you know, with with much Cubs much responsibility and and with the money he's being paid, I think we're going to be picking apart a lot of his decisions and we'll be talking about if they're, you know, world class or not, right? And I'm just being honest. I think that this is going to be like a highly charged uh, season and he'll be under evaluation as much as anyone. I think he, I think he's a really good manager and he'll do a really good job. But um, yeah, I, I I think it's interesting that Kevin doesn't. You know, you there's a lot of that going on where you don't want guys blocked or you don't want guys. I I think Matt Chapman is a seriously good baseball player and he would make you a better team. Now, you know, is he blocking uh, Shaw long term? Okay, that's probably the case if you bring him in. But Shaw's not there. He's not ready to go. So Christopher Morrell, they're trying to find a way to get him in the lineup, and they got him learning third base. And we'll see how that goes, given the fact that he's been all over the field, and now they're zeroing in on one spot for him. So, you know, he made a real nice play yesterday. The ball, you know, caught a liner at third base, uh, did a good job breaking on the ball. That's a really tough position. Yeah. And uh, and we'll see. Yeah, I think that, you know, one of the most impressive things Craig Council did when he first got here has to do with Christopher Morrell. I think that, for me, having a manager who can make definitive decisions like on Christopher Morrell, where last year there was no space for him, Rossi might have been thinking about the other players on his team that he had some relationships with. And not saying that he was playing favoritism, but clearly Christopher Morrell couldn't find an, a position to play every day. Craig Council comes in and says no. 26 homers in 107 games. We have to find a position for you. I don't care who's been here. Yeah. I don't care who's here. I don't care. No, he needs no. to play. Christopher, he, and he comes he's got to be it. in the lineup, so you've that's found a you position love, for And that's what you love about Craig Council, because he comes yeah. in and says, no, this is where you're playing, and this is what it is. It may not be the whole season, but for right now, you need to perfect this position in the present. And, and it's things like that where I feel like he'll make the biggest difference on this team. Getting the best out of guys. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that for the most part. I, you know – 
Ian Happ, Seiya Suzuki, Cody Bellinger, Christopher Morrell, Dansby Swanson. It's a good team. It's a good team. And and how good is Michael Bush going to be? Mm. It's a good it's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know that that we have like a flat out answer on on that, but you know, again, it, it, he's this year's Matt Mervis, and, and you already heard some negativity on Mervis. Um, I hope he can hit. I hope he's a, a power guy. You think Matt Mervis can bounce back? Because uh, I, I, I genuinely do. I, I think he's okay. kind of buried. Here's the problem: like, if you're gonna if you're putting your team together, Matt Mervis probably going to be in Iowa too. I don't know how he stays in the position. He's kind of a backup first baseman to Michael Bush. I think Bush will be the starter. Seems like they're using wisdom more at first base. Um, so I think wisdom will get some games there. Obviously, we know that Bellinger can come in and play some first base. You don't need a backup first baseman on this team. So if you got wisdom, sometimes third, sometimes first, that's better to me than Mervis only playing a backup first base. I, I don't get that one. Mash um, Mervis. Yeah. I mean, if he was mashing, then maybe we could have Easier a decision. Also, you got a lot of people, or at least one guy, mad at me that I'm making assumptions about PCA. I'm saying the guy needs more time and needs to get his bat going. I know it's only it's a small sample size. But he's yet to get a major league hit. That doesn't matter to you at all. Well, my prediction is going to be PCA, Pete Crow Armstrong. So a Cubs outfielder will be the biggest star in Chicago (laughs) by the year 2028. I was on that show. (laughs) I remember being on that show when when Dustin said that. It's tough, right? I mean, it's a lot of pressure for a guy to come in. He's swaggy. You want to see him get at bats. But... Unfortunately, sometimes the swag doesn't translate to the big show. And that's what PCA, you know, had experienced last year. Do you like the hair? I love the hair. Well, I you, love you're, it. You're a, you're a color your hair guy. Yeah. You've you know, done it. You've seen me with red streaks have, in my hair. I have seen it. I, I think for me, you know what I love the most about it, Mully, is is the ownership of the team. Not that he's trying to be the leader, right? But more so like, yes, I am here. I am a cub. I want to bleed cubby blue. I want it to come out of my pores. I want it to be in my hair. Like, I love that. I love when guys buy into their teams like that. And to me, that's what I enjoyed the most about it. Brandon, do you love the hair? Uh, I mean, if he likes it, I guess. But I mean, I mean, it's okay. You don't do I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe because we're, like, used to that Chicago Bulls, Dennis Rodman type vibe. So, I guess on that end, maybe. But, I mean, Molly, don't do nothing for me. Hey, Molly, if he makes the roster, you should dye your hair blue opening day. Yeah, is his uh, hair still going to be blue? Don't worry. Is, is his hair still going to be blue while he's in Iowa? I, it's fading already. I mean, he it's needs a tough to, color to he, keep. Yeah, you know, you got to keep treating it. Alex, are you uh, uh, dye the hair guy? He's I young. can be, but I'm I'm not a Alex fan. Alex is of the, a straight. I'm not. I'm guy. not a fan of the PCA. Why not? Why not? Why I don't not? know. It just, just looks weird. It does not look cool on him. I'm sorry. You guys That's are what I'm saying. You guys are haters, man. If a guy had so was so good, where Dustin Rhodes thinks he's going to be the superstar in ten years, comes in, dyes his hair blue for his team for picture day, I'm I don't know about you, I'm in. I am not hating on anything like that. Y'all are haters. He's got to get a hit first before we buy in. Get a hit, right? Oh, come on, it's wow. a small. Money and I size. are supposed to be the Sox hate like hating. <laughs> you guys are coming down hard. We we are the Sox haters. Does yeah. anyone like the White Sox? 
I watched them. I watched their two games in part because I wanted to see the broadcast. The Seattle one or the Arizona? I watched the Cubs game, and I, I listened to it on um, okay. NBC Sports Chicago. Just I just wanted to see how they were going to do as a broadcast team, and I wanted to make a judgment on the broadcaster as much as anything. And, you're, and it's way too early. Judgment? It's oh, okay. way too early to make a, uh, a judgment. I thought he was very professional. Uh, you know who's the, who, the pro pros? Our guy, Bruce Levine. And we're going to bring him in next. We'll find out. It seemed like PCA, uh, excuse me, it seemed like Bellinger got a huge, huge uh, positive reaction from all the guys on the team. They wanted him back. They feel good about it. Dansby Swanson, we heard from uh, Kyle Hendricks. Uh, Even PCA said some nice things. And as I said, I think that means he's in the minors. But we'll ask Bruce what the moves are, what happens next. Talk to Bruce Levine next from Arizona. Mully and Hawn, the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Terrific question. Baseball. Bruce Levine. It's great to talk some baseball. Score Baseball Insider, covering the Cubs and White Sox for more than 30 years. Bruce Levine is a newsbreaker. Inside the Clubhouse co-host, alongside our own David Haw. We've got a lot of baseball conversation to cover. Great being with you, talking baseball. Bruce Levine. That's a really good question, Bruce. See, Bruce, that has the first hard question. With Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. Gabe Ramirez in for David this morning. And now joining us on the Circa Sports Illinois hotline is Bruce Levine. Download the Circa Sports app today. Bruce, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm um, doing great, guys. Obviously, Bellinger is back in camp. I'm sure that's where you want to start. Yeah, and, and everyone is overjoyed by it. And we were talking about what the implications are. So, you know, obviously they got a, you know, I think he took the physical and then he signs the deal. And then maybe even today they're going to have to make a move, right? They'll have to uh, take someone off the 40. What do they do? Well, I mean, you know, there's, there's options there. Um, Not, not everybody's going to be integral part of the team. So at this point of spring training, you, 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 if you take somebody off of the roster and they're at 40 men, uh, you know, you have to run them through waivers. Yep. You know, do you, do you worry about losing everybody on there? I don't think so. I mean, there, there's, there's candidates and, you know, you hate to say people like David Bodie, you know, who's been through it and still owed $5 million for 2024 would be a candidate. But there's, there's right. people on that list that uh, they'll comfortably make the move on and hopefully – uh, be able to bring back if they if they clear waivers. Bruce, do you think one side is happier than the other? Because you know most people think it's a great deal for both. Everybody has you know Cubs play a pay a little bit more money than they were last year. Uh, Bellinger has the option to opt out, opt out. But if there's there's one side, do you feel like is happier than the other? Who is it? 
Uh, the Cub fans. <laughs> I, I think they're, they're the happiest side of this. So true. Uh, I mean, look, the guy's making $30 million, okay? Yep. He made 17 last year. It's not, you know, they, they haven't taken his first child away. They haven't, they haven't damaged him at all. He's going to be, next year he'll be 29 after a good year. He'll be able to do the same dance over again. And hopefully it'll be a better free agent market for him and a uh, more robust market for MLB who is dealing with RSNs going broke all over the game and nobody knowing what their revenues are. You, you, you're going to hear, you know, collusion from uh, the player side at some point, some type of complaints. But the reality of the economics of baseball right now is, yeah, the game's in great shape. People are still going. There's money to be made. But TV money, you know, 15 teams are losing somewhere between 60 and $120 million a year. That's going to have to be rectified by MLB, who takes over the production of some of these teams and has to find a way to start streaming teams all over baseball, all over the country and the world, to start making money again for these clubs. You know, um, a PCA would seem to be an odd man out here. It would appear that, you know, Talkman is there, you move him back to the minors and get back uh, to the developmental phase. I, am I wrong about that? Does that make sense? And, you know, is Canario, is he another guy that you would think about moving down, or are you okay with him staying as a backup and, and doing different things? I mean, how does the roster flush out as a result of this signing? Well, I think it's a great question, Mike, because it's going to be conversation that's had – and will probably be one of the top subjects of Cubs camp, other than good health, until the end, till, till the opening day. And when you look at PCA, the one thing that he brings that uh, you can't deny and that has to be considered is he brings great defense, even better defense to center field than Bellinger. So what's your best team from the seventh inning on in close games that you're going to play maybe 100 times out of the uh, – 162 games. What's your best defense seventh inning on? It's it's PCA in center and Bellinger at first base. Okay, so those things are going to have to be considered. Do you uh, do you consider PCA not playing 160, 140 games in the minor leagues as opposed to maybe 100 at the big league level? Maybe only getting 350, 400 at bats compared to 500 in the minor leagues. Is your need at the major league level greater than the need for him to continue to get bats at the minor league level, still not proving himself uh, after a great year last year coming up and creating doubt after only 14 at bats where he didn't get a hit? Uh, is this what you want? So I, I think I, I don't think it's an easy answer. I don't think it's an easy question to deal with. Uh, for my money, if the guy's the best center fielder in baseball, I want him out there a lot, okay? And if you have Bellinger at first and you have uh, Michael Bush, who you got from the Dodgers, and you think he can hit 30 home runs, there's a position called DH. And uh, <laughs> I think the Cubs will have be moving uh, a lot of people around in that position. Uh, w one thing that, uh, you know, Council didn't come here to do is to lose or to uh, necessarily listen to other people about what his lineup's going to be. He's going to fight for the best lineup and best players, and that probably includes 
Pete Crow Armstrong at the end of games during the regular season. So, so you think he opens the season with the major league team and, and stays there? I would say that uh, if it was my team, Mike, and they haven't yet asked me to join the coaching staff lately. <laughs> that, or, no, that's fascinating. That, yeah. That, for, for me, I want Pete Crow Armstrong because he's going to okay. be one of the best 26 players in my organization to help me win at the major league level. Yeah, and, you know, Craig Council certainly is going to have his hands full. And, you know, adding Bellinger does wonders for him in his line of construction. When it comes to Bellinger, though, Bruce, do you expect, you know, a similar season as last year, improvement year or year, over year, or do you think there, there will be some regression to the mean? Well, you know, it, it's a great question there, too, because some people think he had a great year last year, and then metrics people say, yeah, but, you know, at the end of the year, he faded and uh, he was making soft contact. Well, you know, in my world, I'll take 75 uh, RBIs for the last three months of the season like he had. I know RBI is not a sexy statistic. A lot of uh, metrics people consider that uh, just a, a number where somebody's hitting in a certain spot in the lineup, he's going to drive in a certain amount of runs. I, I don't believe that. I, I just think that he was one of the most impactful players in the National League last year, in particular the last three months. And, uh, you know, I would say that uh, having this similar year to last year, and, and keep in mind, he missed 30 games, and he still put up, you know, 26 home runs, 97 RBIs, 20 stolen bases, impactful in center and first. So for me, if he has that same season, uh, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, if he doesn't hit... 35 or 40 home runs, but he continues to uh, hit singles to left field on two strikes and he chokes up. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm good with that. That To me, that's a baseball player. Um, when we start talking about um, the coffers, you know, and, and whether mm -hmm. this means they're done, uh, Matt Chapman's still out there. I don't know how you feel about a third base guy. Uh, I don't know if you can get him on a short deal. I don't know if they have the money to to still make a move like that. Are they done, Bruce? Is this their team, or do you think? And again, you know they're they're kind of having an open tryout at third base. Morell getting every opportunity. You want his bat in the lineup, and it's a good way to do so. Um, do you think they're done, or do you think they can make another move here? Look, they have a, an impactful guy that can play third base in Morrell. Is he going to play like Chapman, who's one of the great third basemen of the last 10, 15, 20 years? No, he's not going to be as good as that. Will he provide as much offense or more? Uh, in the case of Morrell, he did last year more than Chapman. He had 26 home runs. Chapman hit 17. He had an 820 OPS. Chapman was in the, in the 700s. Uh, you know, as, as far as that goes, you know, do you want to put 20 to $25 million into Chapman on a short term? You know, remember the number one player in their organization coming up that they think will be in the uh, major leagues within another year is Matt Shaw, who they drafted a year ago and had a terrific beginning to his career in the minor leagues. Do you want to tie up that position? You want to give Chapman, uh, you know, the same type of contract that you gave, um, that, that you that you just gave Bellinger. Here, here's the other thing: they're they're right at the luxury tax. Okay, they're they're right about 232 million right now with their 40 man roster. It's 237 total. You're going to go way over for Chapman at this point, 
or any other free agent that's going to make 20 to 25 million. I don't see it happening. Um, I know Cub fans would like it. I know it'd be a, a fun story, but I believe that, um, and I think more importantly, they believe that um, Morrell's going to outproduce Chapman as far as offense goes, and they'll live with a little less defense, maybe a lot less defense at third base. I think that's one position you can live with uh, uh, multiple errors and, and not feel like um, it's taking away from the team if the guy's hitting 30 home runs and driving in 100. Bruce, it seems like the Cubs have you know some really good depth, right? You're looking at pitching. We saw it last year they were able to bring up arms from the minors or whether it was their bullpen. Uh, you know, obviously defensively up the middle, extremely solid. When you look at this team, where do you feel like they're the weakest at? Like, not not necessarily having as much depth as, as you would want them to have. Well, I still have question marks about the starting pitching. And they have good quality starting pitchers, but they don't have, uh, other than Steele, you don't have anybody that you consider to be an ace and a, a true number one. Uh, they have functional guys. Imanaga, hopefully he's going to be a good four pitcher. You know, you're, you're hoping to get uh, more out of Tyone. You're hoping to get more out of Hendricks. Uh, there's young guys that are vying for that spot uh, for the number five. But they're, they're lacking a power arm. So if you're a Cub fan, keep your eye on Ben Brown, who was acquired from the Phillies a couple of years ago. He's got a power arm. He almost came up last year, but a, an oblique problem uh, shut him down. And, and keep your eye on Kate Horton coming by hopefully the middle of the year if he keeps his progress going. You need some guys that can go in there and blow some people away. The Cubs don't really have that in their pitching staff. They have good pitchers. They don't have great pitchers. I think if you can fortify that, and I, I think that Hawkins and Hoyer feel that uh, they have pitching depth this year. Uh, they feel good about that. But again, uh, if there's one thing I, or I would like to see, I'd like to see both Horton and uh, Brown start to make their way to the major leagues this year. Uh, Bruce, quick question with the White Sox. We talked about it a little bit this morning that Martin Maldonado, uh, the machete, dogging at the first base after seemingly grounding out to the pitcher and Wicks bobbles the ball and the guy's about a third of the way down the line. And so he starts – I know he's a slow guy to begin with, but um, – and then Wicks bobbles the ball again. I mean, I don't know if you got two errors for one play, but it sure looked like it. And then he reaches, but he ended up apologizing to the team over it. Uh, supposedly, Pedro said something to him before he did that. What, um, you know, it's not good to have a, a guy you bring in who's supposedly going to be this veteran presence and going to help everybody, and he's dogging at the first base in the first spring training game. Is that just part of playing fast? What do you make? Well, I'm, first of all, if there's a race between you and Maldonado, I'm betting on you. Okay. Thank you, buddy. Uh, he's, he's not, he's not going to be ever a, a speed player. But, you know, the point is well taken. You bring in a guy to show a new character. You want him to be aggressive. But do you want him to be aggressive in the first game if you're, he's your top catcher and blow out a hamstring in your first game uh, of the season? I I, I, I side on Maldonado's career as being a winner, as being a guy that is going to be influential with the, Cub, with the White Sox pitching staff. And I'm not worrying about whether he legs out a single in the first game of spring training. I'm, I'm worried about him staying healthy so he's going to be contributing along with uh, Stassi 
as the top two catchers for the White no, Sox. No, I'm just talking year. about the philosophy that the manager's trying to impart on the team. And yeah, you know, it's I, not I, again, Tony Larusa telling you to go at your own speed. I mean, he's telling them he wants them to break their hump. I guess, but you know, this isn't you know, it's not okay. it's not college ball. I, I just think that the guy is a proven uh, guy. If this happens in a regular season game, I think then you you, you got something to worry about. If it's a spring training game. Uh, yeah, you're you're trying to set an example, but again, these are professional players. They should uh, know what the uh, mantra is there. Like you said, play fast, meaning play smart, play good, play clean baseball. That's not necessarily what you want. I agree with you, Mike. But in this case, I want a healthy Maldonado and Stassi to uh, start the season as the top catchers for the White Sox. Thanks, Bruce. Great catching up. Appreciate your time as always. Guys, have a great day. That is our guy, Bruce Levine, 312-644-6767. Am I jumping on Maldonado? Should I be kinder toward him? No, I think you're bringing up a great point, Mully, which is that he was brought in for a reason. Pedro Gafoa has been preaching this. He comes up with an acronym, and then the very first game, second inning, it happens. Yeah. It so rough. I think you're right. I think, I, think you're, I think you're giving it enough, enough grief. All right. We gave it a little air. Bruce didn't seem to appreciate it, but... <laughs> I mean, come on. It's not college, Mully. Tony's not there telling you, oh, whatever you do, don't pull a hammy. I mean. If I am if, if I got signed to the White the Sox out. for the first time, I'm pro- I, and I understand what they've been dealing with for the last, I'll probably be running hard to first base. Run the ball out. 312-644-6767. Mully and Hall, we got Gabe Ramirez with us this morning on Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. I think it's a no-brainer that we got to protect their legs. I guess the word of the day is fast. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. You got to have a motto. And, and I mean, I don't know. I, I I heard fast. I didn't hear bad. Be a dead ass on the base path. <laughs> he didn't Is say that? ass. He said fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Be fat. I like that. They forgot the ass. They left the yeah, ass out. <laughs> they left the uh, selflessness out. Yeah. Uh, all right. 312-644-6767. Let's try Rod is on the south side. Hey, Rod, how are you, buddy? Hey, guys. Look, fast, clean, just not good. Just not good. <laughs> well, well, I don't think they're going to be good. There's no G in fast. But, That's but they, they supposedly were going to work hard. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I, boy, I tell you that. But look here. I agree with uh, 100% about my now Now, because Bruce said on um, Saturday, that Dusty Baker had said it was like when you had him co- uh, catching the game, it was like having a coach there. See, all these things that they're bringing him, him in. Well, and first of all, uh, it was a lot easier with that style. <laughs> you have Verland and the pitchers they had in Houston. But back to the, the, the original point is when you have a team that lets you have people sleeping in the bullpen, right. not attending meetings, just, I mean, no discipline, chaos. For me, uh, Pedro had to do that. That is his emphasis. That's what he talks about. So, no, you, I, I, I agree with y'all 100%. Right from day one. Okay, if you don't do it game one, but game two, no. From the, the moment that they started, because that is really going to be important for this team. So I just wanted to say that. Agree, agree with both of you all that, that uh, Pedro did the right thing. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ron. 
appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, he had to say something. You can't let it go. You got to get on the guy, and the guy apparently apologized to the team, so it shouldn't be a factor moving forward. But, you know, you can't you can't talk a big game and then the first time out. <laughs> and, you know, again, Jordan Wicks, God bless him. He pitched great, and, uh, and they, it was good to see him on the bump. Um, but that play – if he hadn't made the second error in the course of it, he would have had him out at first. That's how bad it was for for, for Maldonado. Uh, let's try uh, Mark. Mark's on the south side. Hey, Mark. Hey, how you doing there, Molly and Good. Dave? Good talk with you. Uh, Benji uh, Wilson, that was an interesting story. I didn't see the documentary, Molly. He, wasn't he killed by a, a rival person here on, a, on a young lady he was dating or something? Yeah, I, I don't remember the whole story, but he was walking, I think, with like a girlfriend down to like a convenience store, and he he bumps into these guys on the street, and the one guy tells the other guy, "Pop him," and they shoot him to death. I mean, it's just a horror story. For again, he was ranked the number one overall prospect uh, in that class going into his senior year. It was really interesting because. Um, as part of the documentary, they talked about the two guys uh, that were that were found guilty. Uh, the one guy who had actually committed the crime was kind of filled with regret and and you know actually ended up turning his life around and helping people and getting. Oh, wow. And then the other guy who probably you know who was there but uh, was convicted because he instructed the other guy to shoot him not because he did anything he became really bitter and you know ended up having a very hard time with his life you know it's like just it was a very interesting story from that perspective too if you get an opportunity to see that um that 30 for 30 you really should take it 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 was something else and i just remember and i was a friend of mine texted me uh, about it uh, after we had chatted about it um, it was so extraordinary. His mother was so strong and really was this amazing person at the time that came forward and talked about it's it's not how you died, it's how you lived. Mm. And some of the things that she said just really resonated with people. And, you know, again, this is early 80s, I think, something like that, mid-80s, something like that. And just a, um, you know, an absolute tragedy. No other way around it. And um, and just pity beyond belief. So such a waste of, a, you know, a great young talent, a great young life. And, and you know, you know about that story because the guy was a basketball player. There's plenty of stories in this city where we don't hear about what the what happened with the victim. And there's shootings all the time and, and you know, real tragedies going on in a lot of people's lives. So... You don't feel good about that in, in any way. We're going to uh, we're going to get back to the Cubs. We're going to bring in Andy Martinez of the Marquee Network, and we're going to talk about Belly coming in. I I can't wait to get his opinion on what it means for PCA if he's going to be the late inning defensive specialist that uh, that Bruce suggested. It's Mully and Haw. We've got Gabe Ramirez on Chicago Sports Radio six seven the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.